Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Today we are taking a look at uh, uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are are very much a part of the Pentecostal uh, message. And uh, uh, we uh, want to uh, articulate one particular gift today. Throughout our summer, uh, you as a congregation have been hearing about the, the different gifts uh, and uh, as a result, uh, we're becoming more in tune to what the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit provides for us, comes to us as a result of our relationship with Jesus Christ, and he presents us with gifts. But like any gift, it needs to be unwrapped, and, and it needs to be taken hold of. So as, as we have been doing now for the last several weeks, we are going to read the uh, 1 Corinthians 12 passage, and so if you have your Bibles or your apps there, whatever you have, uh, you can follow along with us. And, and I want you to get this picture. As you take a look at the, the different gifts of the Holy Spirit, that you realize it, it's an arsenal. It is a Holy Spirit arsenal that, that God has given to us through His Holy Spirit, certainly to, to equip us Uh, on our spiritual journey, which began with the day we accepted Jesus Christ into our lives. We we put our full trust in him. So think about it as an arsenal uh, when you think about uh, spiritual gifts. So this morning, for the first half uh, of my presentation, I'm going to go into a teach mode. I'm just going to be teaching. Uh, And then then the second half, I want to get into the preach mode. uh, And so that just kind of brings it all, all together. So here, here I go, just for the, for the teach mode, and I'm going to be a rapid fire. Uh, there was a, uh, a handout available to you as you were coming in the door. Uh, so if you uh, want to take advantage of that, that might help you uh, this morning. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verses uh, 1 through 11. I'm reading from uh, the NIV. It goes pretty close to what you see up on the screen. Next uh, sl- slide that will follow very long. Say, okay, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters... I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts. This is where I would also insert the word arsenal. But the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all uh, of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one thing, one there is given uh, through the Spirit a, a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge. Uh, by means of the same Spirit to another, faith by the same Spirit to another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit to another, miraculous powers 
to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different uh, kinds of tongues, and still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Say that with me. Just as he determines. That's a a key phrase. Uh, Pastor Chad also throughout the previous weeks, uh, has instructed us as as staff, at least we've tried to be loyal to it at this part, to get everyone here in in the church to say the statement, Jesus is Lord. Are you ready? Jesus is Lord. Here we go. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord. And, And Pastor Chad points this out by Scripture that you can't say that unless it's by the Holy Spirit. And also, Pastor Chad would want to point out that because you were able to say that, that, that means that you are a, a candidate, you are a, you are a person that uh, is uh, lined up to be used with the Holy Spirit's giftings. And the Holy Spirit has made his gifts available to all of you that just said, Jesus is Lord. So that, that's very cool. So it puts us all on the same uh, uh, playing ground. So... Today, my assignment uh, in in the uh, rotation is diverse tongues. Diverse tongues. Uh, And so I want to go at that. And so I'm going to go into teach mode. And I'm going to get in a rapid fire. So you follow along with your your own notes. But before I I really get into uh, looking at uh, diverse tongues, I want to read to you from James chapter 3. Because we're talking about the tongue. And it's very important that uh, we realize today that when we have any message on tongues, that, man, we're, we're going to uh, be sensitive to uh, surrender our tongue to the, to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. James says this, When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder whatever, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Wow. So you better listen up today when we're talking about diverse tongues because you want to get the tongues that the Holy Spirit has for you. And you also want to make sure that uh, your own tongue is uh, underneath uh, the leadership and the influence of the Holy Spirit because none of us wants to be a, a vessel that says something that comes from the pit of hell. All right, so we'll leave that. Good? Leave that alone for now. Okay, uh, over in Acts chapter uh, 2, in uh, verses uh, 1 through 8, this is where we have the first introduction of tongues. And it's the day of Pentecost. Uh, it's uh, on your handout. Um, you can follow along a little bit. Uh, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. 
all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? The suggestion in that text is not only about the nationality of the people, but it really was like an, an, an insult that, that these people are they even educated, and yet here they are, they are speaking in our language, and there was just a whole whack uh, of languages uh, that uh, were uh, uh, being uh, shared at that time. There are some here, and I came across this, and, and we are Pentecostals, and so we believe very much in tongues. Uh, but here was a comment uh, about uh, speaking in tongues. You get it off on the, the uh, website called Got Questions. Uh, there are some Christians, especially within the Pentecostal movement, that's us, who believe there is a supernatural explanation for glossolalia, or speaking in tongues, similar to that described in the New Testament. They believe that the chief purpose of speaking in tongues is to manifest the Holy Spirit being poured out upon them just as on the day of Pentecost. And, and that's the position. Today, we're not only talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit accompanied with tongues, and, and certainly that is, that is true, but we want to talk about the different usage of tongues. The different usage of tongues. You may be aware of that, or you may not be uh, aware of that. Uh, Acts chapter 2, reading on with verse 14, it says this, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. And he's referring to those that now that they've, they've been there in Jerusalem, they've heard this crowd of 120 people and, and they're speak, speaking and tongues are speaking in languages they have not learned and yet uh, the people in the crowd are able to understand exactly what they're saying. That's, that was interesting. Then Peter stood up with the 11 and he told them this, these people are not drunk because it was like nine o'clock in the morning as you suppose it's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. For you that are sitting here today, you've got to understand this, is that God promised something for us. God promised something that, that was to be unprecedented, something that was from heaven, something that was to be genuine, something that would ignite a fire in us, something that would separate us from the ordinary. And so Peter is talking about the prophecy found in Joel where it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, your sons and your daughters, and they will prophesy, your young men will see visions. Uh, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. 
I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below and blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, if you've noticed, if you notice, that hasn't happened yet. I, I'm not sure that, that it's happening all over the place, but I know that it is happening. And I just really want to encourage you that what, Holy Spirit, where God started through the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, it has not stopped. It has not ceased. Matter of fact, if anything, it is gaining momentum. So, in this chapter on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as we've talked about it, it talks about diverse tongues or the, the, use, uh, uh, the use of tongues. So, I want to talk to you this morning about the different kind of tongues that I have found in Scripture. And I share them with you this morning so that you, as you, as you journey in your spiritual walk, that you'll be sensitive to how God wants to use his language through you. And this morning, if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I would really want to encourage you with words like hallelujah. I want to encourage you with words like praise the Lord. I, you know, glory to God. Uh, and, and, you know, so nobody here today is exempt from what I'm saying. Okay, so, so the, the language, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want to speak to you because I think some of you have gotten lazy. I think some of you have really gotten rusty and dusty. And, and I think today's message is to you as well, that you need, you need to know that what God has given to you has multiple usages, and, uh, and you need to make sure that you are using them. So first of all, tongues, well, one of the usage was worship tongues. Uh, and in Acts chapter 2, uh, 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 both Jews and converts to Judaism, uh, Cretans and Arabs, are, are <laughs> Arabs uh, 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 we hear them declaring the wonders of God in, in our tongues. And so what was going on on the day of Pentecost, as the people gathered together, uh, they heard uh, this crowd from the upper room. They were worshiping God with their tongues, but it was, it was not a learned tongue for them, but it was a tongue that they were able to speak, and people from other parts of the world were hearing them worship. So, Number one, another use of tongues is to worship the Lord. So it's very appropriate that when we are uh, singing and when we are in a service like this, that you from time to time are able to, to worship uh, uh, with uh, tongues. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? Uh, this is a passage over in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 26 through 27. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together... Each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or a, an interpretation. Everyone must be done so that, uh, that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or most three should speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. So, there is a, 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 a usage of tongues where there is a public message, uh, Paul is saying, that is very appropriate. And from time to time in a church service on Sunday morning, we'll have somebody give a message in tongues. But the key, according to Paul, is this, that a message in tongues must be interpreted. So that's okay. We're cool with that. But that is one of the other usages. So we have worship tongues. Uh, we have the uh, public message of tongues. 
uh, which is not up there, but uh, you have heard that before. So public uh, message where God speaks to the congregation. And that's a biggie. Let me just clarify that for a moment. That when often uh, when we're worshiping the Lord and you're using your, your heavenly language, uh, that's speaking to God. But there comes a moment where God wants to speak to the church and he uses tongues. And he uses tongues. And when we have a message of tongues, that's God speaking to us. And we must have an interpretation. The next usage of tongues is intercession tongues. Intercession tongues. So, so there is a time that Paul, and he talks about this, uh, over in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And he says this, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, because we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I really like that. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit in sea intercedes for God's people in accordance with, with the will of God. This is huge. Uh, the use of tongues for intercession. There are those times, folks, what happens is that we're praying and we don't know how to pray. We don't know what words to use. But there is a time when it's very appropriate to use the heavenly language, and not only the heavenly language, but groans and moans. There are times that, that uh, there has been a matter brought to me, and I have not known what to say. And as there, oh, Holy Spirit, I just begin to groan. And it's okay. It's just like when you've been, you know, you've been visiting with somebody, and they came, and, and, they, and they shared something with you, and it was sad news or it was tragic news, and you really didn't know what to say, and your response was, oh, it's all right to use that same kind of usage of tongues when we are praying. And it's, it's, it's very important, especially for interceding. There are times people will come up to you and they say, you know, we, we, we've got a need and, uh, I mean, we've got a situation going on in our home and, and, and we don't know how to pray for it. And quite frankly, uh, uh, you know, I don't know how to pray for it either. But there is that usage of tongues and this is what Paul is talking about when he talks about the, the diverse use of tongues for, for intercession. So it's something, and it's a powerful tool uh, to use, especially in times of prayer uh, and intercession. There is the usage of tongues found over in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5, for self-edification. Or, in other words, what that means, there are times we just get beat up. We get beat up spiritually. And uh, uh, the uh, use of tongues, uh, to pray in tongues, uh, builds up our spiritual man. And that's what it says over in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And I'll read these verses. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves or builds them up spiritually. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. So we need both. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, Paul says. But I would rather have you prophesy. The, the, the one who prophesies uh, is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. So Paul gets talking about two things. He talks about the prayer life, the private prayer, prayer life, and also the, the public uh, uh, gathering together. So another 
use where, where the gift of tongues is, is so important to us is it builds us up. And there are times that, that all of us would testify to this truth that we get beat up spiritually. We get drained spiritually. And what do we do? Uh, and, and giving up is not an option. But certainly, as Scripture would point out, that speaking in tongues uh, with which you receive as the gift uh, 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 and baptism of the Holy Spirit builds us up. Does anybody, anybody know that to be true? Have any of you nod your head with me, something like that? Okay, very, very good. Okay, another usage uh, uh, is found uh, over in First uh, 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 Corinthians 14, uh, singing uh, uh, verses four, uh, 13 through 19 talks about, For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. And if I, for if I pray uh, in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. Once again, underscoring the need for both. I will sing with my spirit, I, but I will also sing with my understanding. So it's very appropriate in a worship service to not only sing with the words that are on screen, but also to sing in the spirit, sing uh, uh, with a spiritual tongue. Otherwise, and it goes on to say, uh, otherwise when you're praising God uh, in the spirit, how can someone else who is now put in position or inquire say amen to you or thanksgiving since they do not know what you're saying? You are giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. So bringing clarification. And Paul goes on to say, as he's just talking about helping people with worship and realizing there's a time for us to public worship, there's a time for us to be quiet and so forth. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in the church I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So once again, it's, it's the, the importance that we understand there's a place for using the gift of tongues that builds us up. It's a place that, that brings, it, it, it gives breakthrough, but there's also a time that we, we need to know how to, to uh, hold back. Uh, and, and I like what he says. Uh, there is a time, and you look earlier on in uh, verse uh, uh, 15, uh, uh, and it talks about, I will sing with my spirit to, to sing uh, uh, in, in, in the spirit. So Paul is talking about, the gift of, uh, of the Spirit and uh, uh, the, the many applications. So singing is one of them. And, and then uh, over um, uh, in uh, the, uh, the next one is, is uh, tongues. Uh, tongues as a, as a sign. 1 Corinthians 14, 22 through 25 says, Tongues then are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Do you get that? That's cool. I think a lot of people say, oh, man, don't, don't let so-and-so give a message in tongues because, man, it'll scare people away. Well, the Bible says that actually tongues is for the unbeliever. It's, it's a sign for them to be aware of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. So just kind of bear with me as, as I just go through this. But this is so important as we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, he goes on to say that uh, tongues then are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Uh, prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. And it just goes through things over in 1 Corinthians 14 and 22. There's another dimension. And this is why when you look at the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit this summer as we've been looking at them, uh, uh, there is another usage of 
uh, the heavenly language speaking in tongues. And th this is warfare. And it goes down. You see, tongues is a sign uh, in verses uh, 22 through 25 of 1 Corinthians 14. And then there is warfare tongues. Warfare tongues. Uh, and and uh, we look at Ephesians chapter 6 and, and verse 12. And we're also going to look at verse 18. And, and Paul makes it quite clear that we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, but we're in a spiritual battle. So if our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, uh, against the powers uh, of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So man, I tell you, he describes something that, is, that goes beyond our imagination. But Paul says, you know, as he's describing the battle that you and I find ourselves in, uh, sometimes very aware of and sometimes not so. He talks about that, man, we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, but we are in a spiritual battle. And Paul goes on to say in verse 18 of this chapter, he talks about praying in the Spirit. And, it, and praying in the Spirit is another New Testament definition of also speaking in tongues uh, using your heavenly language. And certainly is not limited to, but it does include that. So, and he says in verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all peoples. And so Paul is talking about that the, the, um, the gift of tongues, the, uh, as we talk about, as, as we've been talking about the, the diverse use of tongues, there, there is a time for your own devotional time. And that's something that you should keep to yourself. There is a time that we need to have a message in church, and that's very good. But there is a time that we need to kick in to the heavenly language, speaking in tongues, because we are in spiritual warfare. We are in warfare. And uh, uh, when we engage in using the heavenly language, we place ourselves in a position where we may not know exactly how to pray. We may not understand, and most times it's the truth, that we don't understand, but the Spirit understands. And that is why, that is why we encourage people uh, uh, in our church to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and and if, you, if you have not received it, man, just continue. Continue to say hallelujah. Continue to uh, praise the Lord. Continue to give Him glory as, as you just press in. Because there's something about when we start off praising God and using what he has given to us, it puts us in another place. And that's why Paul says, pray in the Spirit, because there is a battle that is going on. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that we are in a battle? That we are in a battle for the, for the souls of mankind? I mean, the, the enemy's ultimate victory goal is to take as many people to hell with him as he can. That's what he wants to do. But you and I, you and I have been given the privilege to be able to, to enter into spiritual warfare, and one of the most effective weapons we have is praying in the Spirit. It is so, it is so cool. It is, it is so divine. It is so there for us to use at any moment in time. And there are times that, you know, you get so frustrated because you don't know how to pray. But I tell you this, when you begin to pray in the Spirit 
and you pray as the Holy Spirit allows himself through you, you begin to, to bring about victory. You bring uh, about uh, defeat to the, to the enemy. Uh, I, I love the example that we have that comes from the Old Testament where, where Jehoshaphat uh, is in a war and, and the choir is now leading out the army. It's an incredible scene against the enemy. Uh, and and this, this was with, with praises that they understood. This is with praises what they understood. And as they engaged in battle uh, over in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, you, you see them. They, they, the choir is going out, and, and they're leading the army, the, the men with the swords and the shields and the spears. They're behind the choir, and the choir is out praising God. And as they do, as they do, it brings confusion to the enemy. It's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. As they are praising God, leading the army... The enemy goes berserk. The Bible says that they turn on themselves and they start fighting against themselves and eventually they destroy themselves. So by the time the army of Israel gets there, they're already defeated. It's just an incredible thing. They, they were leading out in praise and worship. That was with intelligent, the intelligible words. God has given you an eye, the ability, and a gift called the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he wants that to be given to, to each and every one of you. And I hope today that you, have a, uh, a, you are getting an appetite uh, for, uh, for, the, for the gift of the Holy Spirit uh, and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I love what it says in the Word of God. I, I, love, um, I, I love how, how um, the, the gift of tongues really helps in times of um, uh, adversity uh, in times of crisis. Uh, just uh, uh, last, last month, in, in the month of July, uh, we were down visiting uh, my mom, and I've been trying to do that on a, on a uh, monthly basis now to visit with my mom, and I'll just rush through this quickly. So I'm, I'm visiting uh, with, with my mom, and I'm, tr- I'm trying to fix the, the lawnmower, and you've you got to understand that I am not a mechanical, and, and, and so I really don't know what I'm doing. Uh, and, and so in the midst of trying to fix the lawnmower, uh, I uh, hear this, my mom calls out, she says, we've got to go, uh, my one sister who lives about 20 miles down the road, she's in trouble. Uh, and, and so uh, I've been trying to fix the lawnmower, and please understand, I am not a mechanic, and I really did not know what I was doing. And, and so, uh, uh, but in, in, in the midst of, so my mom calls out, we've got to go. So now I'm looking for the keys to the car, I can't find the keys to the car. So, so, uh, so my, my wife, she's going up and down the yard. I was just trying to mow the lawn, so she thinks I lost the keys out in the yard. And, and I'm looking over. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I go to the garbage can, and I'm, and I'm looking at it. And my mom, who's going to be 88 next month, she is sitting on the front porch, screen door, windows open, and my mom is speaking in tongues at the top of her lungs. The whole neighborhood is hearing my mom crying out, crying out with her heavenly language. Nobody understood what she was saying. But I want you to know the Spirit understood. And, and so as she's crying out, and, and my wife is yelling at me, 
look here at the same time. She said, look in the garbage can. Look in the garbage can. And so it was that time I reached for the garbage can, and sure enough, my keys were there. <laughs> my keys were there. I had thrown the keys out. I told you I wasn't mechanical, and I sort of lost my sense of error. Okay, okay. My point is this. When people are in a crisis, they pray differently. When people are in a crisis, they pray differently. Um, in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the gifts. It says, all these are the work of one in the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Look at it. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. Just as he determines, referring to the Holy Spirit. The question that you've got to ask yourself this morning is this. What is the determining factor? What is the determining factor? I, I've talked to you today about the the. the the diverse uh, usage of tongues, um, and uh, some of you are saying, yeah, that's good. Some would say, okay, so what? The gift, let me say this to you this morning. This is very important because I, I, I want to switch into the preach mode because I, I want us just, just for the moments that we have together. So what is the determining factor? He says, just as he determines. So I ask the question, what is the determining factor? It says, the Spirit, he distributes them to each one just as he, as he determines. The gifts of the Spirit are more than nice gifts from the Holy Spirit. Today, you know, I don't know who I'm speaking to. I don't know. You may think, okay, it's, it's just nice. We're, we're listening about the Holy Spirit and, the, and their gifts, and that's nice, but you can take it or leave it. They are more than amenities. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are more than optional accessories for our spiritual journey. So I don't know today. You may think, well, okay, maybe, uh, uh, yeah, if I want to, maybe I'll look into that or I won't. I want you to know today that what we've been talking about this summer, about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, including the diverse use of tongues, is that they are more than amenities and optional accessories. Uh, the spiritual gifts are a necessity. The spiritual gifts will not function or be desired unless the church understands the times they are living in. These, this whole series on the gifts of the, of the Spirit, I tell you, are not going to hit the mark unless you and I know as a church the season that we are living in. The children are out in the foyer in just a moment. I'm going to have them bring it because we're going we're to pray over the children this morning. But I want to set it up so that we understand why. So the spiritual gifts, get this, will not function or be desired unless the church understands the times they are living in. The last three weeks I've been over at Living Rock Church in St. Mary's and the pastor gave me this theme. He said, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. It was a quote from, from William Carey. And I came across this, this scripture found over in Psalm 12. And Psalm 12 says this in verse 7 and 8. You, Lord, will keep the needy safe and will protect us forever from the wicked who freely, look at, listen to this, who freely strut about. This is in the NIV. And it says this. This is when the wicked freely strut about. 
when what is vile is honored by the human race. Did you hear me? The wicked, the wicked are kept in check when it's otherwise, but when the wicked are not kept in check, and listen to this, I'm going to say it again, when what is vile, it says the wicked freely strut about. Rub your nose in it. Point their fingers at you. Laugh at you, scoff at you. They freely strut about when what is vile is honored by the human race. I wonder, I wonder, when I think about this verse, it raises some serious questions about Canada. It raises some serious questions about Canada. I'm not talking about the U.S. Let's leave them alone. They're south of the border. They've got their own issues. God will take care of that. I'm talking about Canada. I wonder what God thinks about our marriage arrangements in Canada. I'm not asking what you think about it. I want to know what God thinks about the marriage arrangements. We have all kinds of arrangements that are outside the marriage covenant. I wonder what God thinks about our birth control thinking. I wonder how he is, how impressed he is about our stand on abortion. I just wonder, not what you think, but what God thinks. I wonder what God thinks about our sex education. Once again, this is not about what you think, but what, what God thinks. And I wonder what God thinks about our new marijuana laws about to be released. I just wonder. I wonder if Canada needs a nationwide outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. I wonder if our prime minister needs an encounter with the resurrected Christ. That's what I wonder. I am not into political protest. However, I recognize your place. I am not overly excited about petition signing, but I have signed petitions. However, I am to Christians coming together, and I do believe that we are better together. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, although I recognize spiritual darkness in our country, I also testify to the fact that the church of Jesus is alive and well in Canada. I know it's alive and well. I know it's alive and well here. And I know that God, God is about to bring his church together. And there is a spiritual bonfire that he wants to ignite using people just like you and I. So everywhere I go, I am becoming aware of the Holy Spirit campfires, and they're burning all over the nation. I see campfires burning all over. I talk to pastors, and I'm aware of it, whether it's out in B.C. or it's here. I am aware that there are campfires that are burning. But folks, we need more than a campfire. We need more. we got a crisis on our hands. We have a crisis in Canada. And I tell you right now, I tell you right now that God wants to bring his church together. That God wants to bring these campfires and go across the denominational lines and bring them together so that we have a bonfire. And I believe with all my heart that God is up to bringing about a move of his spirit that will cause the day of Pentecost to pale in comparison to what he's about to do. Are you with me this morning?
So this morning, this morning, we need, because everything that I just said about I wonder and so forth, you know who takes, takes the hit? It's the kids. It's the next generation. It's the next generation that takes the hit. If they can make it past the womb, they're fortunate. And if, and if they make it past the womb and they get into school, then our, then, then our education system confuses them on who they are. And if, if they make it past that, now we are going to legalize marijuana and we're going to dope them up. It's crazy. And if they make it past that, we're in such debt in this country that they'll be bankrupt, they'll be bankrupt the rest of their lives. You see the picture. Who's under the attack? Our children. Today. Today, we need to pray for our children. We need to pray for the next generation. Because I believe this. I believe this, that the day of Pentecost, it was referenced, but it's, it hasn't been fulfilled. Bring them on in, Grace. Bring them on in, please. And the last days, God says, and I believe that you and I have not seen the full impact of this verse. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Come on in, children. Come on in. We're so glad to have you here today. We're going to get so excited. Pastor Charles has been preaching away here, man. I can't wait to have you in here. And we're going to pray because you, we love you. Ha-ha. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I like it what Isaiah says as they're coming in. As they're coming in. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses, the army, and the reinforcements together. They lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wicked. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people who are just, oh, I'm so glad that you're here today. Ah, oh, man, I tell you, we've been preaching up here. We've been, we've been getting into a storm. And you know what? We just love you. And we just believe that God has so much in store for you. We just believe that God loves you. And we believe that God wants to use you mightily. And so people this morning, uh, uh, I, I like to encourage uh, men uh, to come to the front. If you have a child up here or a grandchild, would you come up to the front and just kind of stand because we're going to pray over them right now. I'm going to pray. And uh, as they come up here, and uh, yeah, Carla, bring that. Uh, yes, please, please do. Come, come, come. That's come. That's good. Just, get, just gather on there. They may not fully understand. They may not fully understand. But I tell you right now, this this is uh, this is the uh, next next generation that uh, that God has given to us. And I thank God. And uh, we're just excited about uh, the, the the new ones that are certainly on the way. And we're 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 excited about how God and, and there are people that are just looking to God for, for the future and for their families, and, and we're so excited about this. But this is, this is, is, is the generation that, that, the, uh, that the enemy w- would love to destroy. But I, I believe that in our nation that, that God is raising up churches, churches like ours, not just ours, but churches like ours, and that he's raising us up 
and, and, and there is coming together of his church that's crossing denominational lines. There is a coming together of his church that is taking these campfires that are uh, all over the place and bringing them together. And, and, and so I, I don't know about you, but I want to attempt great things for God. I, 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 I want to do everything I can to, to, to encourage the church of Jesus to come together and believe him for great things. I do. I, I believe I, I'm expecting great things from our God. Why not? Has he stopped? Has our God stopped pouring out his greatness to us? No, he has not. Has God got great things in store for us? I tell you, he's got great things in store for us. I tell you what was happening on the day of Pentecost. That was only the beginning, folks. Don't, don't think it ended there. I want you to know that God's spirit is rising up. And if there's ever a time that our nation, and I believe, I believe as a citadel, I believe that, that God wants to have a resurrection encounter uh, with Jesus and, and Prime Minister Trudeau. I believe it with all my heart. I believe that he wants our prime minister saved. I really do. He's, listen, I mean, we may not like, you may not like his politics, but he's a good man. He's a good man, and, and God loves him. And we need to pray for that. And I just believe that there is a move of God. There's a fire of God that is igniting in Canada that goes from sea to sea to sea. And so I ask you to join with me today. I ask you to join with me today and come and join around them. Stand around them. Come on, get up here. Get up. Stand up uh, together. Uh, this is our closing prayer. So, yeah, everybody stand. Everybody stand. And, and I'm asking, I'm asking uh, for for people uh, if you have any, you're related, you're related. Uh, somehow, come up and stand around here as well. Okay. Uh, for if you, the prayer team, if you're a part of the prayer team, will you come as well? Okay. Okay. Yeah, they, they've been going good. I've already held them a little bit longer than I wanted to, so let's make sure that we make this, make this quick, but we're praying for them right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Are you, are you in agreement with me this morning? Do, do, man, come on, come on. Do you, do you see what I see? Are you aware? Are you reading? I mean, come on, do you read the newspaper? Do you listen to the radio? Surely you're aware of what's going on. But are you also aware? I want you to know, men, there are men and women of God throughout this nation. I want you to know that there are ministries that are on fire in this nation. And, and there are people that have not bowed the knee to Baal, as it were. I want you to know that there are ministries, there are churches out there that, man, they long for the move of God. And I believe with all my heart that they're coming together and that there is a church, and I've said it before, that there's a church rising up out of Canada that hell has not seen before. I want you to know that there's a church coming together that I want you to know that hell's going to run the other way. And, and God has something for the nation of Canada. And he's raising up. And I tell you, there's an anointing. There is a, there is a rising up of God's spirit in our little children here. And do not underestimate what God wants to do through these children. And I believe it. I believe it with all my heart that he wants to use these children to pray, lay hands on the sick, and see them recover. I believe that God wants to use them as spokesperson for him. Are you in agreement with me this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on up. Hey, you, you get over this way. That, come on, that whole root connection. Tim, bring up your family. Get it over. Because we're believing God for miracles in your family. I tell you right now. That's what we're doing. We just believe that. I expect great things uh, uh, for, for God. That's good. Tim, it's so good to have you here. Man, I, I, I miss you. I want you to know that. I miss you. I miss that Holy Ghost uh, in you. But God's doing it. Where you are, he's bringing it together. Up, up, up in the Huntsville area and that kind of thing. Hallelujah. He's doing it. He's doing it. And I don't care. I, I, I sense it. 
it wherever we go that the Spirit of God is going. Okay, all right, everybody extend your hand towards these dear children because they got to go. Okay. Precious Heavenly Father, we come before you today, and Lord, we thank you. We thank you for what you have given to us. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, and Lord, we thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you have given to us, and Lord, we recognize the hour that we are living in. This is no time. This is no time for us to play church. This is no time for us to be casual about the things of God. This is a time for us to be serious about the things of God. This is a day, and this is a moment when you have wanted to move, and we thank you for for our children today, and we pray for them, and we pray, Father, for, for their teachers and for their instructors. We pray, Father, for the Holy Spirit anointing to come upon them. Lord, we pray for the supernatural faith to be released in them, that, Lord, when they hear about somebody being sick or something, that they just go over and they'll pray for them, and they'll lay hands on them, and things will happen. So, Lord, I want to thank you today. I want to thank you for the fire that you are igniting in each one of them, I, and, Lord, I thank you for, for the children that are here, and I thank you for the children that are on the way. And, Lord, we give you all the praise. And, Lord, I thank you today for the fire of God that you are igniting in each and every one of us here in this place this day. And so that as we go from this place, that, Lord, our fire will not be snuffed out. But, Lord, it will be added to the fires that you are burning across this nation. And, Lord, as we sing it over and over again, God, keep our land. Lord, we not only sing it as our anthem, but, Lord, it's our prayer. God, keep our land. And, Lord, we believe that you've called Canada to the kingdom for such a time as this. And Lord, we thank you for the move of God that you are bringing to this nation that, Lord, will supersede any other move that we have ever comprehended. Lord, for the nation of this world to be blessed. We give you the praise and give you the glory. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 